What's up, fam? Welcome to Love Alive Church, the podcast, where we exist to help you find family, discover purpose, and change the world. Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. I hope that it's a blessing to you and your family. Let's go. Mark the 8th chapter, verses 34 through 37 says this, Jesus summoned the crown along with his disciples and had them gather around. And he said to them, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For what use is it to gain all the wealth and the power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? What can be more valuable to you than your own soul? Over the last few weeks, we have been going through a soul Detox. God has been allowing us to go through this process where he's emptying some things out of us because there is something that he wants to get into us. And, you know, in the first week we did some soul searching because before we can get things out of ourselves, we have to know what exists. We have to know what's there. Amen. Soul is defined as the spiritual or immaterial part of a human being or animal. It's regarded as immortal, emotional or intellectual energy or intensity, especially as revealed in a work of art or an artistic performance. It's the soul is the seat of our emotions. So we learned that our emotions are housed in the soul and just like our emotions can lead us on a roller coaster a never-ending roller coaster our soul can do the same thing if we don't train the soul what to respond to the soul is made to respond to something you have to train the soul on what it should respond to and that's why it is vital that you build up your spirit man so that your spirit man can steer your soul properly Otherwise, the flesh is always lingering and ready to be the director of the soul. And for many of us, because the flesh sits in the driver's seat, what happens is we end up doing a lot of things that we never wanted to do, things we, we say we don't desire to do, things we say that we want to break, but we have not built up our spirit man to have enough authority to overpower what our soul is trying to do in response to the flesh. Detox is a process or period of time in which one abstains from or rids the body of toxic or unhealthy substances. What we've been trying to get out of your soul is the things that are toxic, the things that are unhealthy. We're trying to get those things out so that you can have a life that is healthy and whole, that you can be full of joy, that you can experience the peace of God as a result of your soul being free. Last week, the first week we focused on soul searching because we certainly can't get out of us but we're not aware that's there, right? Last week, the title of the message was Soulless, and we focused on getting the things out that we had discovered the week before. Wasn't last week a powerful week of freedom? Wasn't it amazing? 
amazing what God did last week. So many people left here and, and, and contacted us afterwards saying when I, when I was in service, I felt something lifted off me. I felt a new level of freedom. God did that work. It's not, nothing, it's not anything within our own power. It's what God did. Today we want to talk about soul full. We want to talk about what your soul needs to be filled with because it's important once you empty something out, right, that you fill it back up. Now, I was preaching this morning, and I felt like I got a rhema word, and I just shared it. Amen? <laughs> you know, uh, for my brothers in the room, and some of the sisters in the room, too, but y'all be trying to be discreet and private about yours. But, you know, most of my brothers in the room, we, when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do is go to the bathroom. Amen? It's just what you do. It's like I don't even think about it. I get out the bed, and I go to the bathroom. Amen? And everything that was waste on the inside of me, it's time for it to go. I'm not trying to carry it into the new day. <laughs> Getting rid of some stuff. Amen? And it feels good to feel empty. Come on. I never understand that people be like, I just go once every three days. How? I go a minimum of three times, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. TMI, but still. But the, even though the body is set up to eliminate waste, it's not set up to not receive something of nutritional value back in to restore. So once I get something out, then I have to know what to put in. Right? And so it's important. Matter of fact, none of us really likes to walk around empty all the time. There's a thing called being hangry. Some of you borderline hangry right now. Fill them up with manna from on high, God. Amen. But you know, it's, it's, when you get hungry and you get too hungry, man, it's a bad feeling. Well, it's the same thing in our soul. When we leave it empty, it's a bad feeling. And what happens is the soul will go wandering for something to make it feel full. And if you have not trained it right, if you don't put something of nutritional value in it, you'll fill your soul back up with waste. You'll fill it back up with contamination. You'll fill it back up with things that don't need to be there. Proverbs 27 and 7 says, The full soul loaded in honeycomb, but to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. I remember the first time I discovered this scripture, I said, this is so good. Because if my soul is full, then I will deny some opportunities that are placed in front of me because even though they look good, they may not be God. When I have a full soul, that relationship that ain't going to cause me nothing but damage, I don't have to take it because I already got a word from God. My soul full. I'm good, love, and joy. When my soul is full, I don't have to jump on every opportunity that's placed in my path. Maybe a job is offered to me that God doesn't want me to take. It's all right. My soul full. I'm okay. I can think clearly because I'm not empty. But when I'm hungry, when my soul is hungry, all it's doing is looking for something to fill it. And what happens is many times that's when the enemy can come in and trick you. Isaac got tricked by Jacob, by Jacob bringing a meal. And he was able to disguise himself because Isaac was too focused on the meal. Now, of course, he was blind. But I guarantee you if he wasn't ready to eat, He'd have had some more sense about him and say, that don't feel like real hair right there. 
right? But because of what he was waiting on, he couldn't have the focus to understand what was really brought to him. Full soul loaded, a honeycomb low means to feel intense dislike or disgust for. The full soul feels intense dislike or disgust for a honeycomb. But to the hungry soul, every bitter, bitter defined as having a sharp, pungent taste or smell, not sweet, angry, hurt, or resentful because of one's bad experiences or a sense of unjust treatment. When our soul is not full, it will try to hold on to bitterness. And the things that we got free from last week, a lot of times it's taking longer to get freedom because the soul wasn't full. So it was holding on to something that wasn't good because it wasn't full. So what should I be filled with? It's very simple. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 18 says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the what? Spirit. Now, there are two levels to this, and I need you to understand this. I want you to get this education today. This is going to be a good lesson for you. Two levels to receiving the Holy Spirit. First, you, re first you receive the Holy Spirit, and then second, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Both measures offer directional support, but the latter comes with added power. All right? I want to break this down for you today so you truly understand this, because this is the Holy Spirit is one of the things that people are most confused about in the body. I mean, it's so, it's so confusing to a lot of people because it's been taught the wrong way, and then you saw a lot of antics and stuff, so it's like, I don't want that. If that's the Holy Spirit, they can keep that. I saw somebody get the Holy Spirit, and they did all kind of somersaults and, and, and cartwheels and stuff across. I don't want that. No, you were just doing crazy stuff. A lot of times when people have, a lot of times, and I'm not saying the Holy Spirit never moves on somebody. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of things that we see people do are expressions that they learned. So it's like I learned that when I do this, and the harder I do it, and the more aggressive I am, the bigger my Holy Spirit. I saw somebody, they, they caught the Holy Spirit and ran into the wall. I'm like, the Holy Spirit ain't going to give you a concussion. That was you. And so what happened is we become fearful of the Holy Spirit because we have not been taught properly and we have not understood the value of the Holy Spirit and we just don't, we haven't learned. All we've ever been exposed to is, oh Lord, they get the Holy Spirit, they get acting crazy, right? And the Holy Spirit is, the, 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 the thing about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so gentle, yet so powerful. At the same time, the Holy Spirit operates in order, and that's why the Holy Spirit can do so much through gentleness, great power, all of it flowing. It's when we learn about the Holy Spirit appropriately that we can receive the Holy Spirit right. John 20, verses 19 through 22 says, That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. I said, suddenly he was standing there. Did he just appear out of the thin air? That must have been crazy for Jesus to suddenly be there, right? And you know he must have because he said, peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side because they probably were like, wait a minute. Suddenly you weren't here and all of a sudden you're here. Here comes Jesus, right? He says, they said they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, what? Receive what? The Holy Spirit. 
Now, this measure of the Holy Spirit is accessed at the time of salvation. Everyone accesses the Holy Spirit in this way. This is nothing you work for. This comes with the package deal. It's a package deal. I receive salvation. I receive the Holy Spirit in that package. You can't unwrap the gift of salvation without unwrapping the Holy Spirit. It's a package deal, right? We all have this access, and we should all receive the Holy Spirit in this way as soon as we receive salvation. Come on, Rodney and Ivan. Come help me out. We're going to get this, because I want you to understand this today. I want you to understand both of them. Now, Ivan has been so good. Haven't y'all been enjoying seeing Ivan getting all his stuff together this Ivan said, none of y'all got free. He did. He got so free last week. All the things were broken off of him, right? So the Holy Spirit operating in this way, I'm going to bring it over here. The Holy Spirit operating in this way, is the, it brings directional support to all of us. A lot of times we don't receive this direction because we don't engage the Holy Spirit. So we try to navigate life on our own instead of realizing we have the help of the Holy Spirit with us at all times. And you engage the Holy Spirit by living according to Matthew 6 and 33. What? Seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You engage the Holy Spirit by living according to Proverbs 3 and 6. What? In all thy ways, huh? Acknowledge him and he will what? Who are we acknowledging? The Holy Spirit. The time that we receive salvation, here comes the Holy Spirit. Directional support. He's with us. Right? So now Ivan, if Ivan would have walked straight forward, and especially if his eyes were closed and he couldn't see, and he's walking straight forward and trying. Matter of fact, we're going to get your eyes closed this time. All right? He's going to walk straight forward. Wait, wait, wait. Now, you know, you got to get the direction of the Holy Spirit. You trying to move on your own? That's a part of the word right there. That's how y'all be right there. Eyes closed and just moving forward. I'm going to just do whatever I want to do. And that's why you falling and doing all kind of stuff. Just all bruised and bandaged in the spirit realm because you just been moving on your own. Eyes closed. Holy Spirit in his life because everyone receives the Holy Spirit in this way as a part of their package deal of salvation. Here's the direction. Direction. Walk forward. Keep walking. Stop. Slide to the left. Slide to the right. <laughs> Keep sliding. Walk forward. Keep walking. I got you. Keep walking. Yeah. All right. So look, this is the first measure of the Holy Spirit that we all received. Now, I like that he was moving a little slow because I'd rather you move slow than to move without the Holy Spirit. But I like that he also say, look, you can come, I got you. We have to trust the Holy Spirit enough to have us. So for some of you, this is the level. The Holy Spirit has been accessible to you, but you have not been accessing the Holy Spirit. You got to receive him at this level today. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something different, yet still available to every believer. Every believer. Now, understanding the gifts of the Spirit flow accordingly, and they could flow throughout several, it, could, it flows different ways for each believer. We did a whole teaching on this. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available to every believer. 
Bible says in Acts, the first chapter, verses 4 through 5, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with what? Water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this measure, although received voluntarily, is also available to all. This is the difference between intake and immersion. So I can drink water, I can intake it, but it's something different for me to be immersed in water. One thing for me to drink it, another thing for me to swim in it, right? And so this one does require a little bit of work because you have to, not that it's not available, but you do something to receive it. Here is how this looks. So now when I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now we're going to do that same activity over here. But this is what happens. Now the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in him. And so now the same thing with his eyes closed again. Now he doesn't have to worry about how he's going because the Holy Spirit is going to do it for him. The Holy Spirit is directing. The Holy Spirit is leading him. The Holy Spirit is in control of it all. So now I'm working along with the Holy Spirit, receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. Two different measures, both available to all. It's about how you engage. Thank you, guys. I'm done with you. Thank you. I, yeah, yeah. I, I like to share this. You know, when um, my parents told me this story, and I think it's just one of the greatest stories of uh, their experience of coming to Christ. They both got saved in 1981. My dad got saved first. Witness to my mom, she got saved. Uh, three months later, they were married, and then they just started having babies. Amen. I told them that's how they did in the 80s. They just they gave their lives to the Lord, got married, and started having children. Amen. It was a wave back then. But I will say that every story I hear about the 80s, they were serious about God immediately. It was a real revival in young adults in the 80s, a real revival. And they were serious about God immediately. But my mom told the story about how no one had ever taught her about the Holy Spirit. She was in her room. And she, was, oh, she had only been saved for one week, and she said, God, I want all of you. And in her room, she went off in her prayer language. Nobody laid hands on her. She didn't have to be drenched in oil. No one had to tell her this how you say it. You know, say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus real fast until it comes. <laughs> the stuff we do, my God. I see why people don't want to fool around with God. We're going to bring you in this little room, and we're going to all get around you. I'm hollering, yeah, yeah, she does, she does, she does, she does. I'm scared, okay? <laughs> just let me out of here. Some of y'all just start saying something. Yeah, 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 I got it. <laughs> just let me out of here, whatever it takes. Just said anything. Bye, 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 bye. Now my Holy Spirit is more intelligent than that. Amen. But nobody had to do all this stuff. She just said, God, I want all of you. And because she was open to any and everything that was available to her as a believer, she got it. My daddy took a whole year. He missed the logical. I don't understand this. What y'all saying? That's how happy y'all are in the room now. I don't be understanding what y'all be saying. And that's the good thing about it, because neither does the enemy. When I pray in my prayer language, I omit him from my prayers. 
he can't understand anything I'm saying. So there's something powerful about it. Nothing to be afraid of. And here's the thing. You engage with the Holy Spirit at whatever level you're ready for. Some people are only going to stay at the first measure for the rest of their lives. And it's fine. You're going to get to heaven just like that. And he's going to direct you, and you're going to avoid a lot of obstacles at the first measure. But some of you say, I want all of them. I want the second measure, and it is available. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? Number one, prepare to receive. Acts, the second chapter, verses 38 and 39, said, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So here's the importance of repentance. Here's the, report, the importance of salvation. It's the preparation to receive the gift. Remember, the first measure comes as a part of what? The package deal. When I'm ready for the next measure, then I have to prepare to receive. Secondly, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Luke 11 verse 13 says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the what? Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So this is why God is not selective with the Holy Spirit. It is something that's available to all of his children. It's like a birthright that we have access to. Number three, replace logic with faith. And my musicians can come. Replace logic with faith. You are never going to receive all of God through logic. There are, by, by nature, faith is literally, it defies logic. In order to operate in faith, you have to overcome logic. If it, if it can be conceived in your mind, it doesn't require faith. Here's the thing about God. And the scripture says he's able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask to think. If God's ability exceeds our imagination, why do you think your logic is going to help you to understand everything about faith? That's stupid. Y'all know I just keep it real here. Amen. It always gets a holy hush when I call them stupid. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it must be you. Because I'm as kind, I'm as smart, and I'm as what? <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he, is, that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Here's the fourth point. You must engage the Holy Spirit regularly. Engage the Holy Spirit regularly. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The intimate friendship requires daily engagement. That's why you hear me say Matthew 6 and 33 so much. You need to live your life according to it. Proverbs 3 and 6, so much. You need to live your life according to it. Engage the Holy Spirit regularly, daily. Go to him for the daily bread that's been promised us. I would not try to do anything without the Holy Spirit because the only steps that are guaranteed are the ones that are directed by him. The Bible says the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. And his steps are guaranteed, and that's why I want to move with him. Stand your feet all over this room.